There we go. All right, so message this morning of grace and our mistakes. And we're going to start uh, with uh, Mark chapter 8. I'm going to read verses 13 through 21 as our word for this morning. And in verse 13 it says, And he left them getting into the boat, and they departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. And then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned amongst themselves, saying, Is this because we have no bread? But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said to him, Twelve. Also, when I broke the seven for the four thousand, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And so he says to them, how is it you still don't understand? Grace is a wonderful and amazing thing. And a lot of times we think of grace as in relation to our sins and things that, you know, are big things in our lives. And commonly we forget that God showers grace on us for everything that we do. It's not only our big sins, but it's even our mistakes and our goof-ups. And there's nobody harder on ourselves than ourselves. And a lot of times we get caught up in our day-to-day activity. You know, we think of the big things. Um, We say, well, you know, I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that. And, you know, our society and the world we live in uh, at least in America, helps support of a lot of the, the beliefs that we carry. And so, you know, we say, okay, well, I'm not going to do this to a certain degree, and I'm not going to do that. But we make a lot of mistakes during the day, don't we? And we beat ourselves up over our mistakes. We get upset and go, oh, man, you know, I'm just, I can't get this right. You know what? I'm just going to give up doing this thing because it's stupid. And I just, I can't get it. I'm done. Or we get frustrated, or we get angry, or... Um, we take it out on somebody else and then, you know, we just made another mistake. And we're like, I can't do anything right today. And we're just having a bad day. God has grace in all of those mistakes too. And in this uh, part of the scripture that I just read, we see here two major things happening. First, the disciples, as we see commonly throughout Jesus' ministry, is They're focused on things that they know, things of the world. And already before Jesus even says to them, take heed, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod, they were already talking about bread. So bread's on their mind. (laughs) Oh man, can you believe it? We had all that bread. He just fed 5,000 people. We had all that bread and we took one loaf with us. Man, we're a bunch of knuckleheads. You know, who was in charge of the bread? John, was it you, Peter? You know, I can imagine it. And, and then Jesus hears them arguing amongst themselves, saying, oh, I can't believe we have one bread. And he, he does something to prove a point to them. And this is the second point. A lot of times our mind is so focused on things of the world, what we have to do, where we have to go, what we need to say, 
uh, our responsibilities and so on and so forth that we forget that we're supposed to be abiding in Jesus, uh, being led by his spirit, following him. And in essence, we are living in the flesh and we are doing things as we know we need to do them and how we see fit to do them. And so Jesus throws out a little parable for him as he does all throughout the Bible. And remember, he tells parables. He told the disciples, I tell parables for those who have ears to hear to hear and for those who have eyes to actually see. That if you're hungry enough for the word of God, you'll be able to understand the parable. But if you're focused on the world and what you live in and only of the world and only of yourself, the parable will be Greek. You'll never understand it. And so he throws out a parable to him. He says, and he uses bread. He says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now leaven is the yeast that makes the bread fruitful. And we know Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And we know that he was the leaven to the bread for the Jews. This was very common if they thought about it for a moment, they would have understood what he was saying. Because, you know, in the Old Testament for the Jewish people, unleavened bread was the, the bread for Passover. It, it reminded them of the slavery they had in Egypt, of the years that they wandered in the wilderness. Unleavened bread was a very much of a part of their lives. And to have leavened bread uh, represented uh, the fruit or the, um, the blessings that God gives you. And so for Jesus to say, I am the bread of life, he's saying, you know, I am the leaven of all leavened breads. You know, everything of life comes through me. And so he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, meaning it's a false hope. It's a false promise. You know, the Pharisees are only teaching you things of the world. They've created their own little society, very much similar to a society and culture we live in now, today. You know, certain people in power and money and business have created a culture and a society that fits their needs, that, that benefits them. And a lot of times we, as normal people, get manipulated, we get used, and we get taken through the system and so on and so forth. Because it's not a system made up of completely godly values. It's not righteous, it's not holy. That's only found in God. So Jesus says, beware of that leaven of the Pharisees and beware of the leaven of the king. And again, you won't find security, you won't find comfort, you won't find peace and rest in your political system. You won't find it in a king, so to speak. You're going to find it in and through God. And the disciples make a completely big mistake. And they're like, huh? Hey, is he telling us that parable because we didn't bring any bread? <laughs> they, they goofed up. Their minds were so on the bread that they completely missed what Jesus is saying. But we do that all the time. We all do it. Our minds are so focused on things that we're experiencing, things we're going through. Perhaps it was this morning, you know, something happened. Maybe you only brought one piece of bread with you. <laughs> and so you're focused on that bread. The point is that we're not supposed to listen so much to the things of this world. But we're supposed to have that ear and those eyes for God. And he will guide us and he will show us what he's saying. And so we have here a mistake. But let me show you God's grace. 
we see this scripture and he, he, he scolds them. Did you not hear what I've said to you? Did you not see what you've seen? Are you hard-hearted? He says to them. And then he even goes and reminds them of the, the things he's done with the 5,000 loaves and the 4,000 people he fed. But let me ask you this. Did any of those disciples not become, I mean, besides Judas, obviously, but did any of those disciples not become apostles? Did, any of them, did he kick any of them out of that group that day? You say, you know what? I'm so sick of you talking about bread. You totally messed up. Get out of the boat. Swim back to shore. Did he do that? No. Oh, that's God's grace. You know, he'll scold us. He'll say, dude, you caught it so wrong. And he'll scold us and, and make us see clearly. But at the same time, he just showers us like a mother does with love and grace and mercy. And after he scolded them, it was done. He never brought it up again in the entire Bible. Did he ever say, hey, Peter, remember that day you told you made that mistake about the bread? No. No. God's grace washes away our mistakes. Another great example. Um, we all know uh, Peter in the garden at Gethsemane. And the soldiers come. And Peter, in a moment of passion... And in, in, the, in the fight of the spirit of seeing soldiers and armor, and Jesus had just told him that two swords is enough, so he's got a sword in his hand, and he sees them coming, and he knows they're going to take Jesus, and he lets the world kind of take over. He lets the situation of the world take over, and he's filled with passion and adrenaline, and he gets to fighting with the guards, and he cuts off one of their ears by accident. And immediately Jesus steps in and says, Peter, you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. And that time Peter heard, <laughs> he drops the sword. And again, God's grace is amazing because here Peter's made a horrible mistake. He got so upset about something that needed to happen, that Jesus knew needed to happen. He was willingly going to give up his life for us. Nobody needed to fight. Peter wasn't proving anything. He was acting of the world. And so we have this uh, big mistake Somebody lost their ear. That's, that's a big mistake. But what does Jesus do? He makes all things new. He bends down. He takes that man's ear. And he puts it right back up, doesn't he? And, it's, and then he's fully healed. Fully healed. God does the same thing for all of our mistakes. He makes all things new. We don't need to dwell on our past mistakes. We don't need to focus on our past mistakes. We don't need to get all worked up and go, oh, Okay, I'm going to get up in front of the same group or I'm going to see the same group of people. I just saw last week and I, oh man, I just so goofed that up. I made a horrible mess of everything. They're probably going to remember everything and I'm just, you know what, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. I'm just going to go sit in the corner. No, we don't need to live our lives that way. Because God makes all things new. He, he, he washes away our mistakes as long as we believe and we trust and we repent, meaning we learn from our mistakes. We're, we're, we're willing to listen when he scolds us. Because repentance means to have a change of mind, have a change of heart about the way we do things. So that way we're closer to him. And he washes away all these, these things and how we mess up. Uh, one more scripture I want to read for you this morning. So you think maybe, okay, well, you know, that was before they were apostles, before they had the Holy Spirit. <coughs> they made mistakes then, but they didn't make mistakes afterwards, right? Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> They still made mistakes, even when filled with the Holy Spirit, just like we do. And a perfect example is this, is in Acts uh, chapter 15, verse 36. 
And we have here uh, one of the greatest writers of the New Testament making a mistake. I mean, the majority of the New Testament was written, or at least spoken by his hand, by his mouth, penned by possibly Luke's hand. It's up for debate. But either way, I mean, the majority of the New Testament's written by him. And so we have Acts 15, verse 36. And then after some days, Paul and Barnabas said, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. And now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take him with them because he was the one who had departed them uh, and uh, I can't pronounce the name of the city, so I'm going to skip it, and had not gone with them to the work. Mom, you want to tell me how to say it? <laughs> Pamphylia. Pamphylia. There you go. Thank you, Sister Jenny. And then the contention became so sharp that they parted one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and they sailed to Cyprus. But Paul took Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. Now we have here Paul and Barnabas who have been preaching all throughout Asia, doing God's work, and they're, they're, they're having a fight. You know, it's not a fist, throw down, punch and beat him up kind of fight. But they're having a pretty serious argument. It's got the whole community involved. And Paul does not want to take Mark. Now, if we know who Mark is, that's the gospel of Mark. Okay? He did not want to take Mark. Because Mark had bailed on them. He got nervous. He got scared. And the last time they were doing ministry, Mark bailed. And he fled. Mark made a mistake. He goofed. But you know what? The Lord got a hold of Mark and he brought him back. And he, the Lord is the God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances. I go on and on and on. I think I'm on one billion and 207 million <laughs> for my own chances. Okay, God is the God of second chances. He always has grace to get us back to where he wants us to be. And Paul, Paul could only see that Mark had bailed on him. And he didn't want to bring him. Paul wasn't asking God, should we bring him? Paul didn't want to bring him because he had bailed. Paul was thinking in the flesh. He was thinking in the world. Even the great Paul made mistakes. And so are we. We're going to make mistakes. Because as we know, and of course God makes all things right and all things new, because he blessed both ministries. Paul and Silas had a great ministry. As we know, it's half the letters we read. But we also know that Mark and Barnabas had a great ministry as well. And that Mark was inspired to write the Gospel of Mark, which God put in our Bible today. And said, yes, I want you to read these words. These are the words from my Holy Spirit through Mark, through all the others that came in contact with Mark. And I inspired him to write this Gospel. Now, that doesn't sound like the Mark who bailed, does it? No. But God changes us. He transforms us. And so when we look at others, it's another great example. We can't look at others' past mistakes. We've got to see how God sees with his eyes. And his eyes see with grace. His eyes see with second chances and mercy. <coughs> and he doesn't hold our past mistakes against us. And we shouldn't hold them against ourselves either. And that's why we are washed in his blood, redeemed in his blood, forgiven in his blood. And when we repent for our mistakes, for our sins, whatever they may be, God will scold us, he'll teach us, he'll love on us, he'll care for us, 
He'll transform the way we think. So we see more like him. We act more like him. We speak more like him. That's how God works in our lives. And that's how God works in our mother's lives. And that's why we celebrate Mother's Day today. So Lord, we just thank you for how great you are. We thank you for all the blessings that you give us. We thank you for redeeming us. We thank you for allowing us to be forgiven for our mistakes, that your blood washes them away and our sins and everything else, Lord God. And I just pray that we seek you every moment of every day, that we are led by your spirit, guided by you, that we don't walk so much in the ways of the world. We don't walk in the world. And we don't live in the world. We live by you. And if that means we're a little different, well then, it's okay. Because Lord, we just, we trust in you. We give our lives to you and surrender to you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.